All right, guys, welcome to the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. I have an awesome guest. Uh, she's a three times CrossFit athlete, an Olympic weightlifter, and a doctor at physical therapy. Uh, this is Kelly Wild. How's it going? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I really do appreciate it. Uh, I actually found you through Instagram. I, I don't know how I, how I did it. I think it just came across like a search menu and I saw you. So, and I found out you were a diabetic. So, I'm like, okay, definitely got to follow that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so how's everything going in California? Uh, it's good. It's going. Um, we've been, well, myself and my roommates were, we decided to quarantine March, starting March 12th. So we're going on over a month of just chilling at home and trying to get creative to find things to do and stay busy. But other than that, we're, we're healthy and the weather's super nice, so... Can't complain. Yeah, so the weather in Georgia is starting to turn to like get into the seventies, so which is really nice. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So first, I just wanted to talk about like when you got diagnosed with diabetes and like kind of sure. like the history of that. Yeah. So I was diagnosed in nineteen ninety five. So I was five years old, um, and I'm now thirty. So I've had it for twenty five years now, which is crazy to think about. Um. And my dad, at the time, my dad was a type 1 diabetic, and my mom's a nurse. So luckily, they picked up on the symptoms right away. So it wasn't one of those things where it's like months of me, you know, losing weight and like all those other like complications. They just noticed that I was really thirsty and like going to the bathroom a lot. And they're like, okay, let's just check your blood sugar. And of course, it was super high. And so, yeah, got diagnosed at age five. So, um, from there, I'm the youngest of five, um, so all my siblings were super supportive. Obviously, my parents were super supportive. Um, with the diagnosis, I got switched from gymnastics because all my older sisters they did gymnastics, and so I was just you know going along with what they were doing. Um, but my parents wanted me to do a sport where my dad could keep an eye on me a little bit closer because with gymnastics, they like move you through these levels really fast. And then you're like traveling every weekend. And like, it's, it was going to be too much, I think for a new diabetic to handle at Mm -hmm. such a young age. So picked up hockey, picked up soccer. My dad, my dad had played hockey, um, but I hadn't played soccer, so he he coached both of those sports for me um, all the way up through high school. Um, yeah, so it was, at the time, I was devastated having to be pulled out of gymnastics, but I think, I think hockey was more up my alley for sure. Mm-hmm. Very <laughs> cool, very cool. So... So how did your how did your family react to you know you being diagnosed even though your dad and you know your mom are a nurse but they have experience but like how did they handle it? Um, I feel like they handled it as best as they could. I feel like they were more prepared um, than the average person mm-hmm. with their it, both of them have medical backgrounds. My dad's a dentist, um, so I think I think they were yeah like I said better prepared to handle it and like doing shots and management like that no big deal for them um I just I I gave them trouble for sure growing up like (laughs) I didn't like being low so I always just 
ran high and at the time we didn't have the like continuous glucose monitors or anything like that so I was like okay if I'm always nervous about being low I'm just gonna run high and then not have to worry about it so that definitely posed a problem for a long time um but in terms of reacting to the diagnosis they you know they they just made it seem like it wasn't that big of a deal you know just you can still do everything you want to do. Um, this shouldn't hold you back. You know, we've got insulin. You can manage it independently. So they definitely didn't want me to, like, play the victim. And, you know, I could still do whatever I want to do, succeed in school and athletics. And so, they, yeah, they were very supportive. Okay, very cool, very cool. So uh, playing with sports and diabetes, so how did they – how did your dad, your dad like, kind of watch – or your, or your mom or dad, like, watch you playing or your coaches – like give you the head, give them the heads up. Like, hey, he, like I'm a diabetic, so you know, here are the symptoms and you know what to look out for. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like I didn't try to put too much responsibility on other people to um, watch out for me. I always just brought you know my meter and a million snacks with me. Put it on the bench for every game, and um, I was always pretty good about like feeling out if I was low like I said before I ran high a lot anyways so I would just usually check you know between periods or even during period let the coach know like hey I'm low I can't go out this shift put someone else in um and to their credit all my coaches were very supportive very helpful um it's funny because when I started at Ohio State I when I was getting recruited I was super nervous about telling any coaches that I was diabetic. So I literally, you know, I did all my recruiting visits, um, decided on Ohio State. Literally day one of practice as a freshman, I went to my coach's office and I was like, hey, just so you know, I'm diabetic. She's like, yeah, I know. (laughs) I was just like, I was so nervous that, you know, I'd lose a scholarship if Mm -hmm. they found out. Um, But... It, it worked out. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, I, for me, I would be super nervous. So I got diagnosed at 35. And so it's a little different. So, but like, if I was, you know, getting recruited and being like, you know, I, I wouldn't want to tell either because, you know, yeah. th- it can, that can hinder you getting from like a, the school that you want to go, go to. So, I mean, that's, that's what you think. But I mean, now with all the stuff out now, it's like super easy for them to manage and wa- right. watch out for you guys too. So, all right, so how was it playing at the Ohio State for hockey? <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I am I'm really glad I went there because uh, we get to play in the WCHA. Um, so from the men's side, that switched. Um, I get oh Big Ten. Yeah, That's Big Ten. The yeah, conference for the guys side, but the women play in the WCHA. So you get to play like Minnesota, North Dakota, Wisconsin like all the heavy hitters. So every weekend was always a battle and just going to Ohio state, like it's that, that big 10 atmosphere, um, was, was really fun. And so another reason I chose Ohio state was because we played so many games in Minnesota where I'm from. So I was like, okay, this is perfect. Like every other weekend, my family will be able to, you know, come to Duluth or, you know, U- university of Minnesota is right in my backyard, um, where I grew up. Uh, St. Cloud, Mankato, Bemidji's a little bit of a drive, but it's like my family could come to all those games. Um, 
whereas I was looking at schools out east as well, and I was like, they're not, that's, that's kind of like, you know, a hassle to get out east, so. Yeah. Um, Ohio State was awesome, loved it. Uh, we weren't super great <laughs> when I played there, but, you know, we held our own, and Minnesota, Wisconsin, like I said, North Dakota, they're always, they're always top um, in, in the, what am I saying? They always win, like, national championships. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah. 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 What was I say? They're really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, like, I remember originally from Massachusetts, and we used, we have, like, the big, like, obviously, BC, BU, Northeastern, Mm -hmm. and, like, those are, like, stud, like, men's hockey teams, and and the women teams are actually really good, too, so, Mm -hmm. it's, it's always a battle. I love, I love going to those games, because they're, they're, they're always hard, so, from watching them, watching them play, so, so, uh, after you graduated, uh, like the Ohio State, and you know, like you finished your collegiate career. Now, what got you into doing CrossFit? Yeah, it's funny. My this, my my high school friend's mom, <laughs> <laughs> she had picked up CrossFit and uh, thought that I would like it. And so, my first CrossFit classes, I went with this you know forty five year old mom. <laughs> And instantly was like, yeah, this is awesome. This is a perfect transition from hockey into another sport. You know, I needed something competitive Mm -hmm. and exciting to do. I couldn't just, like, go to the gym and, you know, run on a treadmill for an hour. And I needed that, like, group atmosphere, Mm -hmm. you know, similar to being on, like, in a team sport. Um, So, yeah, I picked up CrossFit, um, let's see, the summer – the summer after my fourth year of college um and then I took a victory lap at Ohio State so I couldn't play hockey that fifth year so I I started CrossFit at CrossFit Grandview which is was an amazing is an amazing gym in Columbus um and yeah I did my first CrossFit competition was regionals of 2013 Central East Regionals on CrossFit Grandview's team Okay, and cool. From there, I was just like, I was hooked. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. So how did how did you real like when did you realize when you were like doing CrossFit that you started being like, hey, you know, this could turn into something like super cool and you know a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I think once I got to CrossFit Grandview, where they had just such already a, a long history of success at like the games they'd already sent teams to the games Graham Holmberg was a co-owner and he had already won the games in 2010 um and 2011 I think so yeah twice yeah Yeah. so I didn't really have high aspirations for myself but um Graham and the other owner Brandon were like you have potential here because I had a pretty good, you know, cardio base and strength base. And so they were really pushing for me to get ready to be on their, their, um, regionals team. Cause they were short, short, of a couple women. And so they just like threw me onto the team. They're like, you got it. It's sink or swim. Like you're on the team. And so from there, like getting that first regional competition under my belt where I actually I performed, better than I thought I would um that gave me the confidence to be like oh okay like this this could be something good if I just put in a little bit more work and more time and develop those skills like 
double unders and figure out the Olympic list and things like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it was around 20, 2013 after that first, that first competition. I was like, okay, this, this could be good. I, yeah. I didn't totally crash and burn. So, so did you go, did you go to regionals the first year you were on the team or did it wait? Did you have to wait a little bit or? No. So it was like seven months after I'd started CrossFit. I was, I was on their regional team. Wow. So, it, yeah. I, That's impressive. <laughs> I mean, you know, back then, it, it definitely wasn't as competitive as it is now where people are, like, doing this full time and everything. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm still I'm so proud of how I did. I, we, you know, I just remember testing our events, like, over and over and over again leading up to regionals. And, um the workout that I did, my very first workout, I still remember, was Jackie. And whatever time I was getting in training, like, it was consistently, I can't remember, but say it was, like, seven minutes consistently. At regionals, I think I did, like, five and a half minutes. Yeah. And so you get like, that, okay. Yeah, you got like, that little adrenaline rush going. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you, you find with athletes, they either rise to the occasion or, you know, you kind of have those mental errors and you don't do as well. And so I found that I typically step up my game yeah. when, when it's on the line. Awesome. So, and yeah. So what, what was the CrossFit Games like? Because, like, that was – I mean, back when I was younger, I mean, I'm 40 now. So I was like, that, that's my, that was one of the goals I wanted to do. But obviously I was like working full time. I, I was making excuses, but like, you know, I, I could, I maybe could have gotten the master's division. I don't know, whatever. But what was it like being in the, being the CrossFit games and, you know, obviously you were in a team of six compared to now it's a team of four, but like, how, how was it for the three years you were there? It was, it was really fun. Um, there isn't as much of that pressure as there is at regionals, you know, cause it's like, you've already qualified, you're at the game. So it's like, okay, let's just like see how we do, you know, there's nothing else to qualify for after. So in that respect, it was a lot more fun than regionals. Um, as a diabetic, it's definitely more stressful because at regionals, just with the time constraints, most workouts at regionals are like 15 minutes tops, you know, 20 minutes tops. Whereas at the games, it's like, okay, you're going to be swimming for an hour. Like, have at it. And it's as a diabetic, with my background, it's like, I'm not a triathlete. You know, I'm not like a long distance runner. So my experience is like, okay, I'm going to go, you know, do a two minute hockey shift. And if I need something, like, I can just come back to the bench, check my blood sugar, take some juice, you know. Mm -hmm. Whereas our very first event in the 2014 CrossFit Games was this swim event that was like an hour long. I had gotten my very first continuous glucose monitor um, about like a month before the games. And, but like being in a water event, you know, I can't, I didn't bring, you know, the, the, whatever you call it. Like the glucose, like the, the goose or whatever like that or? No, I didn't, I just was like, okay, like, so I, I'm not good at swimming anyways. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I'm just going to run a little bit high, you know, I can get through an event with high blood sugar, but you know, if I go low and I'm out in the water, like, are we going to get disqualified if I need to be picked up by, you know, whoever? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So stuff like that, that makes it a lot more stressful. Um, 
being at the games. I know another one in 2016, we did we did a team merch. And so that one was, I think there was like an hour or some time cap. You know, we're out running, carrying someone on a gurney or whatever. You know, you run, then you do all these, basically it was like a whole hour-long event. So I was like, screw it, I'm going to wear a fanny pack, <laughs> put some snacks in there. I don't can't remember if I like brought insulin with me or not had my you know CGM um so that worked out that was fine you know not ideal to be running around with a fanny pack but yeah I mean I can picture you on the gurney just like opening up your fanny pack just going to eat snacks while you're like laying down there (laughs) while everyone else is carrying you yeah that would have been like a great photo opportunity just laying there like drinking a juice box keep keep carrying me guys thanks yeah Um, yeah but that's kind of like it's a challenge of doing crossfit like all the events are different so it's like if you're preparing to do like a one rep max lift you're gonna like set yourself up for a blood sugar that's different than you know doing an hour-long Murph event Mm -hmm. so so it's definitely challenging whereas with all the other sports I've done it's like okay I know what is coming up if I have a two-hour hockey practice you know like I know what we're doing yep um but it's okay. I think having the CGM and, and getting that one I did definitely helped make CrossFit a lot easier um, in terms of diabetes management. Yeah. So do you yeah. think do you think playing hockey was a huge help for like like working working as a team for like the CrossFit games like as with your team up in Grandview? Yeah, I think so. I you know I had always done team sports. Um, you know, hockey, soccer. I played ultimate frisbee too in high school and a little bit in college. So yeah, I I always had that like team mindset. Um, whereas a few other people I'd done team events with in CrossFit, they had only done individual sports, and you could definitely like yeah, you could definitely see yeah yeah see the difference. So I I like to think I was a good team player with CrossFit and tried to pull my own weight. I uh, I never wanted to do an individual mm-hmm. CrossFit event. I was like, no team, like just let me hide in the back and yeah. just put my head down and work and hope no one sees me. Yeah. <laughs> now now are you? Now I was trying to look look into. Are you are you the only diabetic that's gone to the CrossFit Games that you know of? Or I don't I I don't think there's anybody else except for you. Um, I can't think of anyone. Uh. Not that I've heard. Okay. So I don't know. Yeah. Because I was, I was trying to do – I was doing research like before this and I was trying to think, figure out if like if there's anybody else that was, you know, a diabetic that's been to the games. And I – the only person I see is you or there's maybe some other person on a, another team that was a diabetic that I don't know of. But, you know. Yeah. I mean I thought it would be – I thought it was interesting. So. Yeah. I I mean you're always like noticing – in warm-ups if you know if you see another diabetic you, you know instantly and i yeah. don't recall ever you know seeing anyone frantically chugging juice boxes or you know yeah. shooting up yeah <laughs> so i i definitely could be wrong but i i don't i can't think of anyone yeah all right yeah. that's cool i mean that was obviously a very cool experience going to the game so what what made you transition over from doing cross doing the CrossFit going to the CrossFit Games to going to Olympic weightlifting? What was that like? What made you switch due to that switch? Um, 
Yeah, I, after, let's see, five plus years of CrossFit, my body was just like, yeah, you're not, you're not made for this right now. (laughs) So I, I was kind of tired mentally of like, you know, having to redline every single day. Mm -hmm. CrossFit's so intense all the time. So I was tired in that sense. And in the same sense, I had, you know, a labral tear in my shoulder, probably a labral tear in my hip as well. So like leading up to the 2017 CrossFit Games, I was like training very minimally because I was having to work around these these injuries. And it was just like, we. it was a cycle of like, okay, we'll, we'll take a month off just to like try to rehab and then jump back into full go CrossFit. And then I was like, okay, we got to reel it back again. So I was just like, I was tired of dealing with these injuries and my CrossFit coach at the time, he, he was a bit, he, he loves weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting. He's like, you'd be great at it. Um, and I, I was, I was like, no, I'm scared of, <laughs> I'm scared of competing by myself in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why you should do it. If you're afraid of it, you got to do it. And I had always loved the barbell movements. Like I like lifting heavy things. Mm-hmm. So those were the main reasons that I switched. Very cool. And then how did you get in, in, in contact with like California strength and was like pretty much moved over there from Ohio? Yeah. So I did grid. If you remember that. Oh, grid. I do remember that. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so in 2016, I got picked up by the LA rain team. Okay. And Rob Blackwell was on the team and he is a Cal strength. OG weightlifter. Mm-hmm. So at the time, I, I was kind of getting tired of CrossFit and was leaning more towards weightlifting. So in that like month long grid season, I hung out with Rob a lot and made him help me with like technique work and all this stuff. And he's like, Yeah, you're pretty good. Your technique's pretty shitty, but you're strong and you should come out to Cal Strength and lift with us. And so I. I was always in like the back of my mind. I was finishing up physical therapy school. Well, I was kind of like in the middle of physical therapy school at the time. Um, but I believe I took a just a weekend long visit out to California to see Cal Strength mm-hmm. um, in like the fall of 2016. So I just did like a couple lifts with them. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, especially if I'm going to transition to just weightlifting, like this is this is the environment that I need to kind of like push myself. Um, so yeah, once I graduated PT school in, let's see, the spring of 2018, I applied for a bunch of physical therapy jobs out in California, took a visit out here, did some interviews, did all of the BS paperwork to get certified as a PT in California. Uh, and yeah, just, I've been out here since, like the summer of 2018. Okay. And yeah, so that's how I, long story of how I got hooked up with California Strength. Yeah, very cool, very cool. So what's what's the environment like at like Cal Strength? Is it like like just get stuff done or like do, you do have some like joking around or like what is it like over there? <laughs> there there's definitely a lot of joking around. It's, it's a, it kind of depends on like, the uh, 
the time of year too because they every um every like january they bring in like um college football players Mm -hmm. to do like their nfl combine prep training so it's like for three months you've got these like 15 20 college football guys in their training so that definitely brings like a different energy and you can see the weightlifters want to like impress them so like everyone steps their game up around that time yeah and then and then the level of seriousness definitely kind of adds and flows with what Wes, Wes Kitts, you know, what he's preparing for. So, like, leading up to big competitions, usually, like, it's more serious during those training sessions and really focused. Um, but overall, there's a lot of joking. There's really good energy, though. So it's, like, just, it feels easier to hit big lifts when mm-hmm. you've got all these other weightlifters around like cheering for you yelling and you know Dave watching is scary but it's good <laughs> you want to impress him yeah you know? <laughs> he just always looks like he's eternally disappointed in us <laughs> you're just like please just be happy with this one lift you know mm-hmm. um no but he's great though he he's got so much knowledge and just he's got a good way of giving different cues to people to help you kind of like figure out how to move a little bit better, a little bit differently. So yeah, the energy, if you're, you know, if you're just looking to hit some heavy weights and work on your weightlifting and it's, it's the perfect place. Yeah. And what, what is like a typical cycle for you? Is it, cause I know obviously, you know, with, I know with the COVID-19 going on, you really don't have any competitions lined up right now. Like I, I don't think you do. And so, right. cause it's up in the air. So what are the, what are the cycles like now? Is it like kind of like a maintenance phase or is it kind of like just like, or just still trying to build strength? Yeah. So the, I just finished up like a strength cycle. Um, I think it was four weeks long. And then I just, I'm on the, um, the same program that everyone on the elite cycles on. Um, so it's, it's kind of like a high intensity relatively low volume cycle um it's the one that Wes just ran through as kind of like a prep leading up to as if Tokyo was happening Mm -hmm. um so right I mean right now it's it's nice because I'm not well it's not nice that I'm not working (laughs) but like it's nice that I have all this time to focus on technique so for me personally like the percentages that we're hitting in this cycle are really high, but then I've got these additional training sessions that I wouldn't normally have to just really work on technique. Um, Cause if, I mean, I've got a lot of strength and mm-hmm. so I should be hitting higher numbers than I am. So I've got, I've got all this time to work on technique right now, which, so that's really what I'm focusing on. So I'm not thinking quite as much about, I've got to hit this weight, but rather, okay, we can take it down a couple kilos and make it look really good. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's kind of what I'm doing right now. In okay. My makeshift garage gym. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I was, I've been watching your, uh, your Instagram stories and like, you see like, I, I bet you like everyone's looking at you like what's going on. Cause you have the garage door open and like the two, the two mats and the stands and they're like, the hell is this little girl doing? Like, what is that? What is this? I know, I, I've got a lot of, like, older neighbors, and they're always out in their yards, and 
I'm just like, I hope they're just like, and I'm, I'm, I've got my music on. I don't think it's too loud, and I don't feel like the weights dropping are too loud. I'm just glad they haven't, like, complained and, you know, made me stop lifting because it's loud and obnoxious. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, people definitely go by and, you know, they're doing a double take and, nah. You know. <laughs> awesome. So, um, so how is it working as a, are you, are you working as a physical therapist now or, or just do mainly just doing like weightlifting and what, and what's like, how do you manage like weightlifting and working at the same time? Yeah, it's definitely a lot. So I work, you know, pre coronavirus, I work full time. So I'm working 40 hours a week at an outpatient orthopedic clinic. So that's, you know, your typical physical therapy. If you have knee pain or you are coming back from shoulder surgery, you're going to come see me. So yeah, I'm working full time and then I train five days a week um, after working. So, you know, I work eight to 10 hours a day typically and then head right to the gym after that. And then basically by the time I get home, it's 8.30, eat dinner, go to bed. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot. My schedule is packed. Um, yeah, so I, I only get five five training sessions in a week, whereas everyone else on Elite is doing like eight or nine sessions. So I try to make the most of my time at the gym because, you know, I don't have the time to screw around. Um, so yeah, so I, it's, it's tiring for sure. And being a physical therapist, it's hard physically. You know, you do a lot of manual work, or at least I do. So my body's already tired coming into the gym, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just, you get used to it. It's the same thing as being like a student athlete. You know, you have, you're going to school full time and then you go to the, you know, gym or practice and you have your games and then you go home, eat, go to Sweet. bed. So yeah. it's, it's kind of like been my schedule mm-hmm. since high school. So it's, you just get used to it, but it's definitely been nice having this month long break yeah (laughs) just kind of be like a professional feel like a professional weightlifter even though i'm not being paid to weightlift yeah yeah i mean you're you're almost there so i mean you're getting close right Uh, we'll see we'll see with the yeah i'm I'm down a weight class so once we're back to actually competing we'll see yeah so so for the for the newbies that don't know what like the olympic weightlifting is all about can you like kind of tell them like the weight classes and like all that, like how it works, like if you're at a meet? Yeah, for sure. So you compete against people who weigh roughly the same as you, which is great. So, um, and everything's in kilos, not pounds. Um, so you got to kind of do the conversions there. But for myself, I'm a 59 kilo lifter now, um, which is like 128 pounds. And they go up roughly by five kilos. Um, so you got to make weight for each meet you weigh in two hours before, and then at a meet you get three attempts at the snatch lift to hit the most you can. And then you get three attempts at clean and jerk to lift the most you can. And then you add up your best snatch and your best clean and jerk to get your total. And if you have the highest total, you win. <laughs> Very cool. I mean, that's a pretty, that's pretty easy, to, pretty easy about that. Uh, awesome. So I know, I know you have an, you have an ebook out, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I know you're big on mobility and 
what have you seen on like your you know your typical gym goer like what mobility issues that they have and what they can fix so they can get like better movement on like working out yeah um there's a lot of things <laughs> but the main thing is i would say a lot of people spend all day sitting working on computer or working at a desk so you get your hip tightness with that and then you get this like rounded you know like forward shoulder posture mm-hmm. so like shoulders get tight everyone's got anterior you know stronger muscles in the front like chest and pecs are super tight and strong versus like your back muscles they're a little bit weaker typically so you have those imbalances a lot of times with people and so when you ask them you know after they've been sitting all day working at a desk to hit a one rep max snatch where you need maximum total body mobility and stability it's like you've run into some some problems there trying to just get like a barbell overhead and in a good position it's it's definitely challenging for a lot of people so that's why i wrote yeah i've got i've actually got four ebooks out right now focusing on shoulders and hips and you either see like the people that are super tight you know with their shoulders or you've got those people who are hypermobile and need that stability um so each book is either a stability or a mobility focused book and then so so we're doing shoulders and we're doing hips because those were the two that i really wanted to hit hit hard um because that's in my experience that's what i've seen are the the main issues for people mm-hmm. very cool yeah. yeah so how how long do you typically like do mobility like every day for yourself yeah um so i warm up typically i mean if i if i'm on it and i'm moving quick i my warm-up takes about 30 minutes but it can be upwards of like 45 minutes of warming up and mobilizing um and then afterwards usually I come home eat and then like to help me like wind down I'll do usually like a 20 or 30 minute just kind of more passive stretching Mm -hmm. because I'm pretty I'm naturally tight and like hockey set me up to have really tight upper back shoulders ankles um like everything going from hockey to crossfit and weightlifting is like the worst yeah well yeah yeah because in hockey you're like hunched over pretty much with the hockey stick and then you know your ankles are pretty much non-mobile because of the the skates and everything like that so i mean i would i would think you might have tight hamstrings too because you're just like running around and like all those like constant movements and everything like that yeah so literally like it's taken me so long and it's so funny because now i get messages from people like oh my gosh your mobility is so good i'm so jealous i'm like it's still not great and it has taken so long to get it to come around and to loosen up but yeah so and and you also do you also do mobility classes too like online if you go actually if you go to our instagram page they have she has a list like on her bio there's a link to take those mobility classes so what what are what are like a typical day well typical class for you for that yeah, so we started that. I'm kind of doing it through Cal Strength. Uh, we started it once the coronavirus thing came through and people are stuck at home. So you don't need any equipment. You just need some floor space. Um, and it's just they're quick 30-minute sessions. And we're not just doing, like, passive stretching because that really doesn't do a whole lot for you. Um, but they're more, like, active stretches. So we're using 
your muscles your muscles are engaged to move into greater range of motion so it's not your typical like nothing against yoga because yoga is great and you know so many people love it yoga is not for me so it's not like a yoga class um so i am usually like breaking a sweat during it Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's you're you're definitely moving and it's a bit of a workout but we're we're just working into control into greater ranges of motion so i've gotten really good feedback um i like it (laughs) it's a good session for me at least um yeah so it's just a, a nice way to move a little bit you know yeah so it's not like it's not like rum water like any of those like go water or anything like those kind of programs i no i don't think so um we're doing like pnf type stuff where you're actively engaging your muscles and then relaxing and i i bring in a lot of like pt techniques um just to and, and techniques that i've found that will maximize your ability to move into those greater ranges of motion mm-hmm. um so that's why it's different yeah very cool awesome and yeah. I have one last question. Actually, two last questions. So you're wearing your goat hat, correct? <laughs> I am. Yes. Yeah. So she has. She uh, there's a hat on the Cal Strength website, right? For the sh- on the shop page, or is it caffeine and kilos? Uh, well, so our goat hats are sold out right now, but I'm I'm thinking about bringing them back because they were a success. Um, I it, it's on the Cal Strength page. We've got goat tank tops out right now. Okay. They're for women. I mean, well, I guess guys could wear it but (laughs) it's a crop tank top um with the goat on it and yeah so they're still available um but yeah i think i i think i have to do another run of the hats because i mean i like it yeah yeah so how what what's the goat like are you a fan of goats or like how did that come up or (laughs) that's a that's a good question it's it started as like a joke back home with um a couple friends at my CrossFit gym um, back in Minnesota, um, they started calling me the diabetic goat. I think in reference to like goat being greatest of all time. Yeah. Um, I think they were just calling me that because I was probably the best diabetic CrossFitter at the gym. <laughs> they were like, it was probably just me there. Yeah. Um, so it was a joke. Um, but I kind of liked the idea and then it somehow transitioned into cal strength too Mm -hmm. and it picked up there as well um so i was like well it'd be kind of cool to i don't know brand it and the idea not that i am the greatest of all time at literally anything but the the diabetic goat idea is like okay you can you you don't have to be the greatest but at least whatever your passion is or whatever you're trying to, you know, work towards, just put in all of your effort and just try to be the best version of yourself that you can be. Mm-hmm. So that's the idea. I am not trying to be cocky and call myself. Well, you can be cocky once in a while, right? <laughs> I, yeah. Every once in a while, yeah. but you know, not on like, like Simone Biles. She's, she's the go. Yeah. Like Mike, Michael Jordan. Yeah. And then, yeah. True. So kind of emulating them and their, and how, how much, you know, effort and work they put in. Yeah. You can put in the same amount. Yeah. So how did the, how did the logo come up? 
Did you design that, or did you have the guys from... I, so I had, like, an idea, and actually, um, the Cal Strength Media guy, his sister is, like, an artist, so I sent her some kind of, like, mock-ups of what I wanted it to look like, and she made some tweaks, and yeah, so I, I had the ideas, but I'm not... I'm not a good artist by any means. So she understood what I was going for, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I love how it turned out. Yeah, it looks it looks great. I, I've I've seen the hats and they're they're amazing. So I mean, once if if another round comes up, I'm definitely in on that. So yeah, okay, I'll let you. I'll send you one. All right. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So um, I forgot to ask you what what insulin are you on? Are you, so you're not on a pump or anything like that, right? No, I have never never tried the pump. Um, I, so I'm on. Humalog for my short acting, and then Traceba for my long acting. So, used to be on Lantis. Traceba is a million times better than Lantis, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I've, I've always just done injections. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, my A1C, my last A1C was uh, 5.3, so I'm like... If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, don't fix it. Yeah, so. that, that's amazing. Yeah. So, and are you you're on a CGM st- still, correct? So, yeah. how does that? How does like your weight belt? I I don't know where where do you put it? So like I don't know. Like cause a lot of people put it on their waist. So I don't know. How would your weight belt? I've I've done it. So I either typically I put it like on my lateral like butt hip area. That's where I've had the best readings and I can get the longest lifetime out of out of the sensor um and that doesn't you know it doesn't impede me at all um it sticks pretty good I usually use like a an overlay patch thing mm-hmm. but I've, I've done it on my stomach before um with CrossFit that that's dicey for sure because if you're doing like bar muscle ups and it's on your stomach like that thing is probably going to come right off um but for weightlifting it's been okay like Usually I'll just put my belt like directly over it, so it kind of just lays flat against it. But it it has gotten a little uncomfortable at times. Yeah. So definitely like site of preference, even though Dexcom doesn't recommend it, is like the lateral hip butt area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I've I've never had a CGM or like a pump or anything like that because obviously my deductible I've never hit my deductible, so it's like I'm not. You don't have a CGM? No. No, I've been I've been a diabetic for. I think oh August will be five years, and I don't have a CGM. I've literally pricked my finger like five times a day. And oh, luckily, you, got it, it, you don't want one. Well, no, I would like one, but I don't hit my deductible, so I I don't know. I it's it costs so much money to get one for me, so I just I haven't had the chance to get it. So, uh, and I actually I actually I, I lied. So I did have a CGM for a, a hot minute. It was I had the Freestyle Libre, and I okay. absolutely hated it. Because I put it on my arm, and what it would do is it looked like a roller coaster. It would go high and then like low, and then there would be like 120 point differences between pricking my finger in the in the in the in the sensor. And I just and like what I would do is like 10 minutes later I'd check it again and it'd still be high. So I take more insulin and then realize like I'll just like bottom out and get stressed out the whole time. So it just I don't. I don't know. Maybe it was just like the wrong spot because I did it like right, right on like the tricep of my arm. I don't know how people use that spot. I've tried that once or twice, and it's just like 
it comes right off and I had the same issue like numbers weren't as accurate as when it's on my hip yeah I don't know how people do that like I I don't know if I'm doing it wrong it never stays yeah. it never stays on my arm yeah I mean I wouldn't mind trying like the the hip area I mean may, maybe that might work but I don't I don't know I just need to wait till you know I hit the deductible and go for one and just see what happens so yeah, yeah. I, for me first I initially didn't like it because I it just like I was just checking it all the time yeah it gave me like anxiety almost having mm-hmm. it but now even in like the couple hour window when you have to like change a sensor I'm always just like what what's my number what's happening I could be high right now like it's it's been such just like now it keeps my anxiety down for sure yeah like i uh, yeah i i love my they're they're so expensive though yeah for a minute costco had the dexcom uh transmitters you could get two for like 40 bucks that's a good deal i think they were thinking that people would get though get it but then also like buy the sensors themselves yeah like for me i just like bought a couple of the transmitters Mm -hmm. yeah i don't think they offer that anymore (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately because like the transmitters forget how much the transmitters are but 40 bucks for two transmitters yeah that's pretty good and and it's amazing like since being in quarantine at my house my numbers have been like amazing absolutely amazing yeah Yeah, like it's it's insane like i'm like my my i just talked to my endocrinologist yesterday he's like maybe you should just work from home for the rest of your life and i'm like yeah maybe but i don't think it's gonna happen but you know but yeah Yeah. i've been i've been like the 100s to like 170s and then like i maybe had like a couple lows here and there but not much at all so and it's, it's it's crazy and then like since working from home i can only work out at night so like from like 8 p.m to 10 p.m I'm like working out and so that kind of helps me out with my blood sugars like when I go to sleep and everything so right yeah so I'm pretty psyched about that so that's good I feel like either people will go have you know similar experience to what you're having or else it'll go the other way like being home all the time it's like you just have this you know access to snacks Mm -hmm. you know you can just eat whatever whenever yeah and so typically five plus years ago that would have been me for sure just snacking all day yeah so. oh i forgot to ask you so what what like what's your like what, what do you do for like eating wise like throughout like you know wait for your weightlifting is are you trying to like were you trying to gain weight for a little while or like what were your like eating habits like yeah so prior to so i had surgery about a year ago and prior to that i was at in the 64 kilo weight class So at that weight class, I could pretty much eat whatever I wanted, and I'd sit around 65, 66 kilos. So, like, growing up from day one, I was always eating so many carbs. Just, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is with, like, the, you know, soccer and hockey. It's like, oh, you got to fuel up with all these carbs. So it was like, I grew up eating, like, pasta, cereal, just bread on bread on bread, just carb, carb carb-heavy diet. And so that kind of just, like, was how I had always eaten. And then, so about a year ago, when my coach was like, you got to cut to 59 if you want to be competitive. So with that weight cut, um, I now sit at, like, 60 kilos. And what I did was I cut out bread, 
typically don't eat breakfast. Basically, I've cut out as much processed food as I can. So I'm eating like Brussels. I and I pretty much eat the same thing every day. Like yeah. I don't really get tired of eating the same thing. I'm, yeah. If it's easy to make, that's fine. I'm in. So I do a lot of just like baked chicken. I do baked sweet potatoes. That's like my main carb. I it's from uh, sweet potatoes, and then. I, ha- I got an air fryer, which is like a game changer. Oh, yeah. Cooking. Mm-hmm. So Brussels sprouts, mushrooms, broccoli, just load up on vegetables and as much like, you know, like ground turkey. I try to avoid ground beef, like the red meat and high cholesterol. <laughs> <laughs> so basically my diet, like I cleaned, cleaned out all of like the processed carbs for the most part. So like you know, used to, after, you know, working out and, eat, you know, eating dinner, it's like, yeah, chips and guac, let's do that. So I don't, I don't really do that anymore. No bread. So yeah. lots of vegetables, lots of just like lean meat. Mm-hmm. Um, and just trying to, whatever I put into my body, I try to make it as nutritious as possible. Yeah. So yeah. Value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I eat almost the same thing every day, and it just, I, I don't get bored of it. Like I've been no. eating this, I've been eating the same breakfast for the past like four years, and it's just like, <laughs> they're, 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 my wife's like, "You're not bored of that?" And I'm like, "No, because it's easy, and it takes two minutes to make, and then I'll I'll just I'm good to go." So like, well, and then if you eat the same thing, you can way more easily predict what how your blood sugar will respond to it. Yeah. So it's like, you know, eating something crazy every now and then yeah it's great but it's just like the knowing how you can predict how your body will react to it it's just like it's that's that's the way to go for yeah. me at least like it makes everything so much easier yeah I, I agree my wife's like I don't know I don't know why you do this like don't you want to like change it up a little bit I'm like yeah that's for dinner it's but I have like a meat like meat carbon and like some vegetables and that's it you know and like on the yeah. weekends, I'll cook pancakes for like the kids and like the kids and and her and I and stuff like that. And that's pretty much that's it. So maybe yeah. we'll go out to dinner for something like that. But yeah, it's the same right. thing every single day, even for lunch too. So it's like it's easy. So, yep, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, I've been eating the same thing, the same basically two meals for the last yeah like eight months. <laughs> 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 it was like it's. If it's easy and I mean it tastes fine to me, I don't know. I just dump some salsa on it and yeah, good to go. Or cheese, whatever. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I wish that was the other thing I cut out. No dairy. Well, yeah. I eat eggs, but no milk, no cheese, mm-hmm. none of that stuff. Yeah. yeah, very cool. So all right, now this is the last question. Okay, for real. Okay. So what would you tell a person that got recently diagnosed with diabetes? I would tell them to get a CGM for sure if they can swing it because that honestly for me that's been the single biggest game changer for me get a CGM and I would say clean up your diet because that makes like what we were just talking about it makes everything so much easier yeah um what else you can no one's a perfect diabetic that's for sure you can you can plan as best you can, everything down to the T, diet, exercise, sleeping, you control your stress, all that, and you're still going to have days where it's like, why am I 250 right now? Like, mm-hmm. 
so for especially for me being like more of a type a person where it's like i want to control everything and like know what is happening and why it's happening and you know you just gotta let those days go and you gotta roll with the punches sometimes and it's a it's a disease that takes constant kind of like daily management there are no days off but at least it's with the creation of synthetic insulin like it's not a death sentence so you just gotta be a little bit more disciplined than the average person but you can definitely do whatever you want with your life and independently manage it you know it's like for a cancer patient it's kind of out of their control you know ultimately what how you know what their outcome is but with diabetes it's totally in your control yeah yeah awesome well where can people reach out to you or like you know connect with you through social media uh i feel like instagram right now is my biggest way to connect with people um i think it's i should know i think my handle is kelly wild eight Mm -hmm. um and then i actually okay it's kind of funny so i i feel like it's uh been a combination of turning 30 and being in quarantine for 30 plus days but i started a blog okay as of yesterday (laughs) okay and so that is um type1athlete.com and the one is spelled out okay so i'm kind of trying to combine everything we talked about really like my experience with being an athlete nutrition a physical therapist kind of like combining all of my passions and what i feel like i can contribute to the diabetes community Mm -hmm. um, in terms of like education and hey at least this is what my experience was i'm by no means an expert but you know i've got 25 years under my belt so yeah just trying to provide a little bit of information especially with those who are more active and into athletics like i feel like there's a little bit lacking in that area mm-hmm. with no, the I, presence of a yeah I, to- athlete. I, I totally I totally agree yeah I, w- I would write a blog myself but my reading comprehension so bad that like my <laughs> wife my wife because I have a learning disability so it's like I, I, I yeah I have a learning disability and it's reading comprehension so if I write something out I write the way I talk and my wife reads like tries to proofread all my stuff and she's like even my Instagram post she's like Jesus this is so bad let me just start over again and yeah it's yeah. That could just be like your style. Well, yeah, I know that, but like it's not like the way it's supposed to be written out and it sounds like and, and like there's sometimes I reread it that like later on and I'm like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I wrote that." It's but it's just the way way I do it. So, I just my I think my wife wouldn't be a, uh really appreciate me like canning her my stuff like, you know, long pair like, you know, long blog and be like, "You know, can you proofread this?" and she'd be like, "No. No. Now I'm done." Oh. That well, yeah, I am by no means a good writer I wouldn't say like it's funny because in college I you know you sign up for classes then you go the first day and you get your syllabus and I would literally if I saw the syllabus and it was like you got to write these papers like your grade is based on writing papers I'd be like I'm out yeah <laughs> I'm like, I can't write yeah I, so it will this will definitely be a challenge for me but I'm excited to try I think I had my roommates read a few of my posts. I've already got some posts up, and they they liked them. All right, they that's, that's a good. A couple grammatical errors, but I think I think uh, you could at least 
read it and understand for the most part what I'm trying to say. So, yeah. you know, like I said, I'm no expert. Yeah. But. Well, that's very cool. Yeah. Well, I, I listen, I really do appreciate you having you being on my podcast. I've been want, actually, to be honest with you, I've been wanting to do this for a while interviewing you so because that was like oh, so cool thank you. being you being the three you know three time three times like crossfit games athlete now an olympic weightlifter and so yeah i was really excited when i, I was i was like i was actually really a little nervous talk like you know just about like just like starting because i started the zoom thing like 10 minutes ago 10 minutes before like us like talking and you signing on and i'm like okay you know let's go like what should i do so yeah but, yeah I, I really do appreciate it and thank you very much well, thank you for having me. I hope I, I kind of get long-winded sometimes when we start talking about diabetes. So hopefully hopefully my train of thought made sense. No, it did. It did. Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you again for having me. I, this was really fun. Yeah. All right.